Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today. All right, we are back in full effect in the Detroit is Different podcast studios. And this is a special interview. I know I say it often. I know people listening is probably like, it seems like every interview is special. Well, guess what? Every interview is special. This is Detroit is Different. I'm offering the culture of Detroit, probably people you may have seen, maybe people you unaware with, but I'm giving you a different style of interview. That's If I must say, I think I'm getting better at this whole interviewing thing. I'm like uh, becoming a Detroit Mike Wallace. Or, or I forget the uh, wh- whatever the black dude on 60 Minutes back in the day was. Uh, yeah, Mike <laughs> All right. So, um, so with it, I got my comrade in here, as he would say, but my homie, um, brother in arms, I've been working with Yousef for a long time. And if people know me, Yousef is definitely somebody where we partner with. But many people may not know it. Uh, Yousef Shakur, how you feeling? Feeling good, good brother. Thanks yes, for having sir. me. Yes, sir. Well, it's been a long time in the making as I've been doing Detroit is Different for some years now. And I featured you early on. You've been a part of certain segments. We recently did this discussion on community development where you spoke, but a lot of people are still kind of unaware of the relationship and our friendship that we share, which we'll talk a little bit about later in the interview. But that's my man's right there. So, like, uh, you you really almost would have to – you would have to – come with so much evidence and information <laughs> or anything to come between the bond and me and Yusuf got because even when we disagree we still agree because that's my brother in arms so this always begins with your family's journey to Detroit uh, mm-hmm. how far back are your roots uh, to the city of Detroit in family so on my mother's side I'm a third generation uh, well actually my, you know, my grandmother's side I am a fourth fourth generation my grandmother's from Alabama. My mother, my, and she was she was she was raised in Detroit. And my grandfather, he was from Georgia, and he he relocated to Detroit. Okay, all right. So Georgia, where about in Georgia? Uh, it's a small small little, little city. Uh, starts with S. It's not Savannah. Uh, it's similar similar to, to Savannah. And then my grandfather, I mean my father's parents. Mm-hmm. So I'm a third, I'm a third generation on that side as well. Both of them are for, uh, from Mississippi. Okay. Uh, whereabouts Mississippi? Uh, by, was it in, in Bayou? In Bayou. Okay. Yeah. You ever been down there? I've been down there since as a adult. And I went when I was a little a little kid, but I was so young. I didn't, that you didn't remember. Right. So I went down there for, um, for, 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 for Nation Day a couple of years ago. Okay. All right. So your connection. What's, uh, what was it that your family did when they made their way bouts to Detroit? Uh, I mean, most the more I, the most I know, is particularly my grandfather, similar to to a lot of our stories, or our, 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 our travel to Detroit was through the, the factories and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my grand my grandmother, uh, she 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 raised herself up through you know working and cleaning up uh, white people houses, things things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So my my grandfather, my my father's father, he 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 was a mechanic. Okay. So. All right, and your your whole story, uh, picking up kind of with your life about mm-hmm. your relationship between both your parents, is in your autobiography right. that uh, has national acclaim. Right, my wrongs. It's uh, wh- what releases it on now. 
Oh, well, it's, it's the window to my soul. So window to my soul. Window to uh, my soul. So we on the what the, the fifth the fifth edition of it. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, we about to re- reproduce or re yeah reproducing my documentary. Mm-hmm. Redemption Road will be coming out in 2021. All right, so Window to My Soul, I read it back in 2007 because you were listening to my album, and it's very personal. It's like a real personal piece. Uh, talks a whole lot about your upbringing and also your family dynamic uh, between your father and your mother. Um, what? How long did it take you to write the autobiography, and when did you start writing it? So it took me about six or seven months. And the funny, funny story was, like, I knew I wanted to write the book. And, you know, and a lot of us want to write a book. A lot of us want to do an album, you know, do do different things. But we, mm-hmm. we procrastinate. And then it was this particular author who who, who, who was in the genre around um, Urban Lit. That was her 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 thing. Actually, she she grew up on, off Linwood, and whatnot. So every time I see it, like I'm gonna write my book, I'm gonna write my book. Until one point, she was like, "Nigga, when you gonna write this book? You keep telling me about it." And that was the fire that that I needed. And I just sat down and I, and I, I knocked it out. And then I wrote my second one. Actually, it took me like it took me less than ninety days to write my second one. Okay, uh, what was the process going into writing your book? For me, for me, I um, I'm, I'm I'm an old school guy, so like. Like as a rapper, or whatever I, I like, people talk about Jay and Biggie. How like they get in the in the, in the booth and want to go off the top of the head. Like for me, as a, as a as a writer, I don't I, I type later, but I need to write it down. I just need to get it out off of me, whether hmm. it, it don't make sense. I just it can be the, the the words can be all over the place. I just need to 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 see it, and then from there it helps me transition to 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 like fixing it up. That's that's my process. And in the book, uh, now we're going back to some of your childhood. You mm-hmm. talk what I starkly remember as I'm fumbling on the title. What I do remember is a lot of your relationship with your mother uh, and how tough that was. And also uh, the relation, your strained relationship with your father. You go in depth about that. and mm-hmm. You remember it so vividly uh, and really connecting through a young age to your teenage years. In that it was like, man, this this guy is telling this story of of kind of what decisions your mom was making uh, to the point where your mom was feeling like you were just so overwhelming as a child. Uh, the impact of the the passing of your grandfather, uh, and then that relationship you had with your grandfather as like a semblance of a mentor and also a friend, and even the role he played in your mom's life. And then also just those very few interactions with your father that were so impactful at a young age, but they still were impactful. Right. All of this stuff I remember, and I read it back then. So I read it back in 2007. So I remember so much of your childhood, and then that even connecting to your journey uh, where you were incarcerated. And then the events that led up to that, you even feeling like, man, you know, I, I didn't necessarily do what this was, but I understood the 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 tone and the circumstance how I ended up in this situation, right? And even rationalizing and normalizing it at the time, um, it was deep. It was impactful. Like the only thing close to it I can think of is the autobiography of Malcolm X, and capturing that story. 
You're telling me you just sat down and just wrote it? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Uh, so it's, it's something I say in a while in prison, uh, I, I read with a purpose. And re- reading with a purpose inspired me to write with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the greatest the greatest influence that I had in my life up to that point was books. Books that helped shape me, um, helped me redefine who I am. So the contribution that, that I could give back to the world was to write a book because that that's what – that is the foundation um and so as you was talking the first thing that came to my mind was because most again as as an artist or writer whatnot we're we're influenced by the world whether we want to admit it or not Mm -hmm. and so fundamentally my influence on the type of book i want to write was the autobiography of malcolm x along with the autobiography of h rap brown um, die nigga die and both of those two books was like very uh, instrumental from a very authentic way, from a very like like how we grew up in Detroit, you know, Twelve Dexter Linwood, Zone Eight. You know, first thing we say, nigga, we gonna keep it real, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean that 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 is the mantra that we basically from fed, we are fed from the time we come come into the hood or whatnot, until the time we unfortunately of our demise. And so, but for me in writing this, I wanted to keep it vulnerable. I want to. It was because it's the vulnerability in Malcolm's book that that capt- captivates you. It's it's the it's the willingness to take you in those dark rooms. It's it's the willingness to 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 expose the the dynamics around his mother, his father, and and all those things. And like so, because at the end of the day, like when you when you're writing as a, as an artist, there's no one in in the room with you as a writer, right? So that's what they say. Integrity is not what you do in front of other people. Is what you do when you when it's just you and yourself. So as a as a writer, if you went back in the penitentiary and, and you ran or or the guys who came home, they would say, "Well, this is true." Like most guys who come out of that situation, you you have the ability to to uh, exaggerate and, and whatnot. And so for me, as a as a writer, I'm also thinking about what I would want to read. You know how it impact people. So when they sit down and read it, like even my homies. In my neighborhood, whether they agreed or not, they can respect it because I honored them. I honored them in a way that that it spoke from a, from a very authentic space. Yeah, I mean, so authentic to the point of the way you you spoke of that vulnerability can be so small. Like you would talk about like trips to McDonald's with your granddad, right? Which is so common. Instead of making it seem like, yeah, you know, my granddad took us to five-star dinners or something like that. Um, you, you spoke of the whole incident. Uh, it's, a, it's a big incident in your life of the of an incident at a church. Right, right. Um, and and the, just the, the way the, the lawlessness, like a shooting at a church and thugs <laughs> in a church. Um, but the way you, you wrote about it was in a way in a tone where it's like wow you you still feel as though it's a teenager talking to you mm-hmm. that's overwhelmed with um overwhelmed with what could happen but also in a feeling of I have to kind of walk this line because I don't know what would happen if I if I if I back down from this right so you you, you said earlier um you used the j word journey yeah. So for me as a writer or a speaker, I, I I try to take people on a journey, like because I'm still I've been on a journey, I'm still on a journey, a journey of redemption, 
a journey of transformation, a, a journey of, of, of becoming a, a better father, a better man. And sometimes what we want to do is start people where we at now and where we don't want to take the people back. So, yeah, in, in, in the way I wrote my book and, and write many things, I, I, I intersect all of, all of my life. You know, I, I intersect the streets. I intersect the intellect. I intersect the organizer, the revolutionary. So, like, my name is Youssef, but I don't, when you read the book, I don't start talking about me as Youssef Shakur until I get to that transformation part. So, so I, so I don't want to confuse the the reader. Like, so, you, so when you get to that destination, you understand how do I got there? Sometimes we take people end up there, and they, and you, and you read like, how did he, how did he become Youssef? Yeah, because, because, because ultimately we're all trying to become something else, something mm -hmm. better, you know, a better version of who we are. Mm -hmm. And that, and so as again as a speaker, right, the best speaker is not the people that 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 has a very prolific language or or to say uh, prolific things. But the one that can relate to an audience, so the audience can leave feeling empowered and equipped, and because because ultimately people as speakers, and you're speaking to an audience, they just want to be uh, reaffirmed. We know we, we're all smart. They just want they just they just want to have somebody in front of them and say like you're what you're thinking is right, because that's because because the country that we live in is how we're conditioned that to to look for some type of messiah or, or some great per, uh, persona person that can confirm affirm within us that our humanity matters so humanity matters mm -hmm. into your actual story what was it what was your mom going through uh what was she where was she working um <coughs> it was you and your sister what what was that experience like as a kid what do you remember about that household it was a lot uh, i mean my mother was a young mother uh, it was a lot of physical abuse uh, it was a lot of moving around um, you know her trying to you know find to create her identity you know being a mother uh, you know raising three kids and then she, then she uh, was was had the, the shadow of the social stigma you know having three kids from from three different fathers so you had all all these dynamics that's that's in it interacting or intersecting in how how we live um, and she she's struggling economically because you know she's you know, job to job, and then she she's sub, sub, uh, supplementing you know work with with you know, men in the streets. You know she 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 hustling in the streets, and you, you know you doing what you got to do to 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 uh, take care of your kids. You know, you know my mother my mother was a very uh, beautiful woman, mm -hmm. um, you know very young, so she was very attractive. So you know men men. You know, preyed on her uh, and whatnot. So it w it was a lot going on. And my mother, you know, even though men preyed on her, she she wasn't a punk. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, th th I wasn't there, but there's a story of a guy that she used to date, and he used to like to hit, you know, put her hands on his hands on her. And one day he came home, she shot his ass with a shotgun. Hmm. So so you know so you have you know, all all these things. So again, I mean, I mean, just like I, it's interesting. Like you ask this question. If I had to describe my mother, you know, my mother was the gangst the most gangster thing that I knew. And <laughs> even to this day, and I ask you that because in a lot of your works, as uh, what you have with your with your center for <laughs> what you're doing in your neighborhood home, mm -hmm. um, that is a resource for the community, and right. you do the back to back to school backpack drive, uh, back to school school supply drive, and you've been doing it for years now. Is right there uh, in your mom's backyard. But 
anybody that knows that neighborhood. You know, my mom. Your mom is also like a community resource itself for so many people. Right. Like like to the point where, you know, you I've I've driven down that street just going to Northwestern, going to the track, or looking for you, or just coming up, and your mom's transition from learning and, and balancing life just to become an adult to working to now being what people would label as a community activist. Right. It, it it's natural for people like your mom. Right, right. Like I don't even think she would label herself as a community activist. She'd be like, I've known him for forever and he plays a role. He 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 he's a part of our community. She's a part of our community. You know, we're gonna get him a plate of food. We're gonna have him sweep up uh sweep up the street. We're gonna have them take out the garbage. Like she's intricate in everything that happens on the block. Correct. And when you when you frame it that way, and, it, and it's interesting too, because in the retaping of the documentary, I said something similar that that my mother's an activist without the title. Yeah. And when you when you look at the 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 life of of, of black black bodies and black people, we've always had. The, I mean, that was a norm in our, in our neighborhoods. That was a norm in our community. That was a norm of being black. You like like you know, nowadays people. Putting on a, a, a activist clothes versus like this is just who you are. Like people are, are taking it off and and putting it back on and whatnot. And and that's where the, you know, the, the there's a level of phoniness that that comes with that versus again like you're not you're not trying to be an activist. You're just trying to be the best version of yourself of interacting. Because I may not be able to say well this is white supremacy or this capitalism. You know all the the nuances of the dynamics of language and whatnot, but yeah. at the end of the day, I just need to, I want to help somebody because I might be in that situation because fundamentally, uh, you know, w- w- being the, the the central piece in that community, like my mother's house is the only house on the block. So yeah. she, she, you know, you can't help but but, but to notice, uh, notice her, right? And she, she's involved on, on every level in some way, in some in some fashion, in our communities, you know, some people like may turn up their nose and 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 blah blah blah. But you know, to be a, to be in the community and of the community, you have to be part of every aspect of the community. I mean, that was one, that was like the glue to our relationship. Like 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 most people would think like we shouldn't be friends or we shouldn't be cool. We come from two different life experience. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's an age different, but our commonality is is our communities are so much similar, mm-hmm. right? And, and our depth of understanding the dynamics of our community is a shared passion, a shared love, a shared commonality that has has cemented our bond. And that's what <coughs> I also find so cool about the relationship with your mother and the role she plays. Like, mm-hmm. I remember it was two summers ago at the, the Ace Hardware store. Cause in the neighborhood right, you right. go to Ace Hardware store, not Home Depot. Right, right, right. Your mom was like buying like five brooms or something. Right. And she was like, "These people need brooms." Your mom like poked me. She was like, "What you doing over here?" I was like, "I live down the street." Right, right. She was like, "They don't have them over at my store, so I'm over here <laughs> and I gotta get some paint." <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself like, "Why is your mom spending? You know what I'm saying? As, mo- as old as your mom is and everything, on, it's like why is she buying paint for other people with brooms and stuff?" But I'm like, "This is what Youssef moms does." And a lot of this is kind of like in the work of some of the things that Youssef does right now. Right, right. So, and, 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 it, and it has shaped me and it, and it influences me. 
again, I could tell you about all the books I've read. I could tell you about all, you know, people I've met who, who's been doing this in a certain way. But, I mean, at the end of the day, my mother is a, is, is a uh, instrumental in how I do my community work, but fundamentally. Yeah, and, and your mom also, you know, knows some of the preachers over there, some of the politicians that have been over there, a lot of the gangsters that's been over there, you know, and um, on all levels is a part of that community. Yeah, I mean, then anybody who's who's come to the backpack event, um, who's come on the block where we do do our um, our basic organizing, uh, my mother is a colorful colorful person. Yeah, what I, what, what I mean by that, I mean she is. She's just she's just who she is. I mean, she's not she's not gonna fake it. I remember one time at one of the backpack events, and we you know we again we you know we cook right. We yeah. cook right there at the field. You know, we got the grill going on. And the guy was like. Uh, he wanted to order the hot sauce. He's like, is it done yet? She she broke the mug open and, <laughs> and bit on it like it ain't done yet. <laughs> you know it's hilarious. It, right, exactly. It's 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 like the big mom. It's it's you know, if my mama reminds you of your mama, your auntie, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's that connection that, that personalizes it in a way that it tr- it makes us feel like a family. So <coughs> in this in growing, you became a, a founding member of the gang zone eight too right, right there uh mm-hmm. 48208 uh if you're familiar with the community uh, i'm a northwestern graduate so people know zone eight and northwestern <laughs> go hand in hand as they're interconnected you see a z a eight and an n and an e and you think to yourself oh man <laughs> i don't want to be over here right right so this this form of camaraderie and community but from a different lens uh, of of young men that are a lot older to you at a younger age, but really just as young as yourself. How did this connection build? What what was the spark for that? I mean, just like growing up in my neighborhood, it's my neighborhood shaped me, um, the good, the bad, and the, and the indifferent. So, and I relate my neighborhood to as a as a, if I was in. In, in Africa, you know, growing up in Ghana, growing up in Tanzania, uh, South Africa, you know, that's my nation, that's my land, that's mm-hmm. that's 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 everything to me. And my neighborhood is is the same same in the same vein. So, you know, when you, see, you know, when people talk about like being a founding member of Zone Eight, like Zone Eight has already existed as a name as a neighborhood. We just took it to a we just developed another aspect of it, which was the gang part. And the funny thing was, it wasn't like we 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 recruited each other. It just it socially happened mm-hmm. because of uh, certain certain social factors with, within the, the neighborhood. But but overstanding through my transformation and my redemption, um, there there's a social obligation. Um, again, I mean, there's there's millions of got millions of men and women who, who go to prison, uh, millions and thousands of us who say we change whatever, but rarely do. Th- do many of us come back and root ourselves back on our neighborhoods, and and some of us for for good reasons, some of us for wrong reasons, and some of us can't d- can't do do that do that type of work because it's just it's just too overwhelming. It's too trauma traumatizing, uh, and I, I it's overwhelming for me currently. It's, it's traumatizing on, on many levels, but also you you can't you can't heal what you what you won't confront. You can't you can't be a a, a true example for someone if, if you're not there in front of them. Uh, and so I do that because when I think about my life, you know, when I look at my son, my oldest son, when I look at his generation of, of, of zone eights and, and kids and whatnot and what they went through in the absence of, the, of, of 
of fatherhood and, and, and motherhood and the, the influx of uh, drugs and, 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 and violence at the level that they seen, that they, they, they was, like, born into trauma. Yeah. Like, we all was, but their trauma was was a lot different than, than our trauma in the sense of, like, they was, their lives was, was predetermined to be zone-laced. Mm. Where for me, again, it happened in happenstance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, like, it wasn't, they didn't have no choice but to be a zone-laced. Mm-hmm. And, and so, for me, I feel the obligation to, to, to interact with them and to, to not condemn them, love them, but challenge them, to hold them accountable, but push them to think and, and look differently because at the end of the day, you know, when you see you see the drug dealer, but then they see it. I see Yusef too. Yeah. You know, for every 10 drug dealers, they see a Yusef now, you know, who who's doing, who has just as much power, who has just as much an influence as these 10 drug dealers without the drugs, without the drug money. And without the drug money, you bring <coughs> one of the largest events, like I say, to your mom's backyard. Right. That started as an event right there. In your mom's backyard, and now it stretches, takes over the block, uh, takes over a couple blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's received national attention, a lot of media. You create a reality for young people in that community to see, wow, like right here on this street, something big is happening. What sparked that? I mean, the revolutionary me. Spark that you know being able to to want to create programs i mean fundamentally as an organizer um, you know what programs are you developing to create a framework to address engage and mobilize people uh, again when we look at the communities that we we grew up in we live in uh, we survive in they're fractured communities mm-hmm. i mean this, this would be our 14th year doing it consecutively but we've done it almost like seven eight 18 times overall and, and we're just now at a space where, where we're kind of like putting everything back together, but creating an opportunity for folks to, to reconnect with each other again. Because when you look at the, the landscape of our communities, when I say the f- we're fractured, you know, people have died, people have been, I mean, like literally died, or been, folks have been literally killed, folks have been in the prison, in and out of prison, county jail, lost uh, you know, jobs. I mean, there's a plethora of different things that has, has happened. In, in this in this this time period, along with uh, things that are being imposed upon us, that are being snatched from us, and so again, so for me to just come on the block and say, "Hey, man, you know, we just need to clean up the block," I'm like, "Nigga, what you mean clean up the block? Fuck this!" You know, this this is this is the mentality that you fighting against, right? You know, uh, all like all this equipment right here, right? You know, they, they seeing us bringing in, they might even help you bring it in, and they looking, okay. I, 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 how long before I'm gonna take it out again? <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, these these are the temptation that we deal with, but by engaging them, they can see, or hopefully they can see, like this is for me. Mm-hmm. So, cause cause for every young brother, and every young sister, like, oh, we gonna get that nigga. There, there there's one that you can influence. Like, why you gonna do that? Like, yeah. Kari for us, or you said for us. I mean, that that's the testament of the work. Yeah. It, and more than that, <coughs> as uh, as we talk about the whole concept of people using the term community home, uh, a resource, and even starting this place, you were like, man, this is the most revolutionary thing you did. And I just thought about it like, okay, I just got sick of paying rent for places, and I had this place next door. I can utilize the space. It didn't really make the same sense to make renters, and it made my mom extremely happy that I was going to take 
the home that I already inherited from my grandmother and instead of just having renters in here, create in here. It was the last project we worked on together. But you've had right. a community house uh, interacting with your mother as well right. for, for, for years. And it's reopening and, and a, grand, a grand launch this year, 2020. Mm-hmm. But uh, these places and spaces, as you talk about being in the community and what in, in the community seeing it as a resource, the neighborhood seeing it as a, as a resource, and also us leading these spaces, what relationship do you have with the neighborhood in opening this space and welcoming them to the space? And then what relationship do you think the, re- the, the neighborhood has with your space as well? I mean, that's, a, that's a very profound question. The reason I say it because like when people look at us, they tend to want to separate us from our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They tend to want to, like, carry the artist, you know, carry the rapper, carry the, you know, Detroit the different podcast, you know, you said the author, uh, the public speaker, the college graduate, like, no, nigga, I'm from Zone 8. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. might not, you know, I, I might not make you feel uncomfortable in that in that sense, but, you know, my, my, my hat that I wear first and foremost, I'm from Zone 8. I grew up on Ferry Park Street, 2243 Ferry Park, 2240, 20, you know, those things are etched in my mind. You know, the the ghost of my of my community, the ghost of my homeboy that got killed on Reefer, Scotty Mack, my, you know, my homeboy Rocky who got killed you know, holding on a shotgun in, in, a, in a drug house at, at the age of 15. My son, mother, Anki, who got shot with a, with a, with an AK-47 at a party. You know, these, these are the integral parts of, and those are just the, like the, the most extreme. Then there's, you know, uh, Crockett's, the Crockett store, you know, uh, Miss, Miss Penny's store, you know, P&J, Joey Crock, Meat Market, you know, Big Daddy, you know, all, all these fundamental things are part of what shaped you know, JoJo to you such a core that it mean it means everything to me and so you know, and that has been my governing body of how I interact and engage my community because because fundamentally the people who've been there you know they, they've seen me when I was at my worst or you know they didn't see me they know my sisters you know they know my mother they know my son there's somebody that we know each other we, there there's an intimate interaction. That, that allows or, or sparks the, the potential of a relationship. And then the way we've done the work, so like the community house, you know, we, we've, been a, we've been a pillar in that, that line of work, you know, starting with the urban network, the bookstore, the cafe, you know, which we, which we you know, opened that up in 2009, you know, ran for four years before there was books, you know, you know, you know uh, modern ourselves after what uh, Bob Malik and Yakini and them did with the, his bookstore that mm-hmm. was forced to close. And you know, then turn into a cafe, which during that time there wasn't a lot of cafes in the neighborhood. Yeah, you know, now it's the new hip thing, and, and whatnot. So, so we we was a step ahead of the game long before it became the, the, this new hip thing. And transitioning into you know getting the house, we just we just kind of started off slower than everybody else, but we was already there. And what I mean by slower, slower, like we we had to go we had to go get the money out the dirt. <laughs> and what I mean about the dirt, we had to go out. And raise it, you know, penny by penny, nickel by nickel, dollar by dollar, to get the money to complete this project that we're in the position to open up. Where other folks, they 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 become poster child, they're they're getting investments from other other people, and where the, where they're, um, it's not, it looks like it's community, but you know, is it really community? 
And so for me, fundamentally, uh, you know, like people, when they say community, they, they, they want to see a bunch of people. Like, you know, our, our communities are fractured, but at the end of the day, like people in the community, they may not say my name, but they'll tell you they're connected. They're, con- they're connected in every way possible to everything that we do because we're connected to the community. I am the community, and the community is me. That's deep. That's deep. So <coughs> this part really goes into some of the ideas of what's moving forward because we spoke a little bit about your mother, that relationship, the the roots, the usual Detroit is different, and this is definitely a different interview as you're my homeboy, and I really want people to go get your book. So support the brother. Uh patronize him as an author because it's a great book um and also along with that moving forward the vision for for the future and a lot of that kind of comes i think from some of your relationship with your father as your father's journey in redemption has been so strong um can you speak a little bit about your father's influence and what's his vision on the work that you're doing right now So, my mother is my hero, and my father is my mentor. Um, and my mother is my hero in, in the sense of, like, I, I, I survived the streets watching my mother survive mm-hmm. and the things that she went through. I was able to endure what I was at in my, my nine years in prison because of my father, his, his ability to endure and overcome. Um, and so everything that I am as a man, as an author, as an intellect, is a direct result of my father. I, I embody, I attempted to emulate him, and even the things, again, when I didn't know it, like the way I talk, the way I mumble and stutter my word, up, I mean, it's, it's my father, it's, it's him all day. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's just certain things that's just in it and in, 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 in me about my father, and just being around him, it just is like give, giving the stamp, the stamp of approval. But more importantly, he introduced me to. You know, the, the concept that some of us talk about, which is knowledge itself. You know, knowledge itself healed me. Knowledge itself challenged me to transform my life. Um, I wouldn't be a transformed, redeemed man if my father had not transformed and redeemed himself. If it was left up to prison, I'd still be a gangster, a thug, or early career, a wannabe gangster, a thug, or a, a, a part time criminal, but a full time predator. Um, to be a revolutionary, to be um, the man, the father that I am, is, is a direct result of the relationship that developed my father, that was a friend, that was a big brother, um, that was a comrade, that was my teacher. Now he now he functions as my, my, not only just my biological father, but my spiritual father as well. So what's his vision for the, this work that you're in now as you're in spaces where you're interacting with people nationally, mm-hmm. definitely, and then in some cases internationally on behalf of bringing justice to black people? So for for my father, in terms of him him you know living through me, and and kind of like window shopping that situation. So when yeah. I say spiritual father, like we we all when you meet somebody, or I remember like sending me a, a, a slew of pictures, you know, Danny Glover, Angela Davis, uh, Bobby Seale, I mean, all these people I'm meeting. Mm-hmm. And he writes me back and he says, "Just know that you're just as valuable, or not more valuable than them." Because what happens, you know, when we're around those type of individuals, because of the social prestige and status that they have, like we get we get in awe, which some of them we should be in awe. 
but we we lose the value of our own, own individual selves and not connected to others and that was that was important and so for him to transition himself from being my biological father to being my spiritual father to see to demand of me to still see my own value and my own worth mm-hmm. as as I'm like you're you're you they're connecting to you for for a reason you 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 you're you're in those spaces for a reason you just it just didn't happen no happen by accident son like you're you're you you came home to do what you said which is to be a revolutionary to 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 live that out so and that that has has allowed me to you know garner the respect you know garner me the um the relationships that i've developed um locally nationally and internationally okay all right so the 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 next questions kind of go to what sparked more of this discussion um as much as you said your your father has hipped you to some different readings, I'm sure some of those first readings were book I love, book you love, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a recent documentary on Netflix. A lot of people are talking about it. And who it's killed Malcolm X. Who killed Malcolm mm-hmm. X? And I called you, and I was like, I called you. I called my dad. I called a couple other people, and I was like, you check this out. And I was like, I just want your take. Before I even get, I didn't want to paint any picture or anything. I'm like, you check this out. Um, And I definitely want to explore this uh, with you because I think this will be an interesting discussion with you, Mm -hmm. Um, especially the role that Malcolm plays in in the lives of so many young black men, period. I I think that the autobiography of Malcolm X is required reading for any young black male. I think your book is required reading for especially if you're a black male in the city of Detroit, but Malcolm X is wherever. It's like it's the Bible. You you need to read that book. Yeah, it's a Bible for transformation. Yeah, but just also just the identity of as you talk about the vulnerability, yeah, like yeah, some yeah. of those stories of of um, like you know from from being like a shoe shine guy because like you're right, like most people would never say like yeah I was shining <laughs> shoes to make money. And then one day I hope that I could get into the party where I was shining shoes for the people. Like that's a, that's like like I can identify with that. But you'd expect most people to be like, you know what I'm saying? I came in, you know, fresh right. to death. You know, I, re- I was already gators on. Yeah. You know, and then people knew what was up. I had, it's I had like, to dub the dive. You know, yeah, shit. yeah, like Jay Z's story. It's like man, Jay Z never. You know what right. I'm saying? He never struggled. He just he been at the top since day one. Exactly. Whereas you know what I'm saying? It's like I can relate to like you know I can see how you could be a shoe shine mm-hmm. guy. But um, first, let's get your take on uh, on on this documentary. Let's let's talk about this documentary um, on Netflix. If people haven't watched it, so we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the details. So I guess it could be a spoiler alert. But uh, what's your take on the Who Killed Malcolm X? I mean, to be honest with you, I probably wouldn't have watched it if you hadn't gave me that phone call. Hmm. Um, I mean, I, I looked at the trailer. I saw, you know, on, on the, the unique thing about social media now is it, 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 instant gratification. So you could things are right there even when you may not want to look at it. Uh, but actually, Nick, first let me say this. I can listen to Malcolm all day. So I think if you're into Malcolm or if you if you're not into Malcolm, the nuances of you know, re-hearing Malcolm speak is, is, is biblical. It's it's profound. It means Malcolm in his own words. And that's where I I, I enjoyed it, right? You know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy Malcolm. The question 
that it raises who killed Malcolm X. Like, do you really want to know the answer? I mean, the, the answer is obvious. It's the American government, the FBI, the CIA, um, the nation in, in the sense of their implicit bias towards <clears throat> the inflammatory things that they said. Uh, you know, it's been proven or identified that certain members who, who was identified pull the trigger and, uh, and that has to be broken up and, and really examined like some individuals I mean like you know being in the nation like Malcolm said it once like he knows he knows that he's probably a dead man possibly by some people in the, and I'm paraphrasing it by people in the nation because he was like shoot if I was if I was me I probably want to kill me and he meant that in, in the sense yes. of because that's how you were trained you know you don't go against the messenger you don't go against the grain and and you was trained to 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 protect and and be loyal, but that loyal what we see now is is a level of blind loyalty, uh, blind loyalty, and so so many of if we really dug deep, um, those individuals that who who was convicted for his, for his killing, some of them probably was actual members, some of them probably was uh, who have been persuaded, FBI agents. So it was a mixture of different dynamics that played a role in in in, in the in the larger larger thing. So, um, again, if you're, if you're trying to unravel that, then that makes sense. But the question, or, or not the question, the, the problem I have with the movie or the documentary, it kind of deviates. It, it's, it's what happened to King, when I mean Martin Luther King. You know, every year since his birthday became a national holiday, we celebrate his birthday, but we celebrate King separately from black people. <laughs> you know, King was assassinated for fighting for black people. He was part of the struggle for black people. Same with, same with Malcolm. Malcolm was, was assassinated because he was struggling for black people. He was struggling for our liberation. So we cannot talk about these two individuals or any other person from a historical figure in that con from that from that cloth without, without talking fundamentally about black liberation. Malcolm became a threat because he was fighting for the liberation of black people. Along with that, <coughs> One of the flaws I had with this documentary was the trust for the FBI documents alone. Uh, there was a lot of trust for these FBI <coughs> records. And I believe that the idea of the historical context and the way the historical context is driven. So this is usually in academics. This is also sometimes in books. Uh, which kind of coincide with academics mm -hmm. and some other documentaries. Uh, it it says this, this paperwork is true and we can use this as what happened and it cannot, it's beyond reproach. It's beyond reproach because this is what the, the documents say, which the whole premise of the FBI inherently was to disrupt disorganize and compromise and corrupt black organizations and black leadership. Going back to, to Marcus Garvey and, 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 and from the inception, you know, uh, we, we think about, we think about why the FBI exists. The FBI exists to target black organizations and to corrupt them. So to trust any documents from the FBI already, especially in that era, and I go as far as to say in this era as well, I'm already 
trusting in a system that inherently is corrupt and looking to uh, fight against black liberation. So that's 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 one point that uh, definitely disturbed me about the documentary. The other point, as you talk about black liberation, the context of what the Nation of Islam represented is not put into the right framework at the time. And I would go as far as to say the 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 way that it just kind of surmises that, you know, Elijah Muhammad made this religion so he wouldn't have to pay taxes and make a lot of money and, and look at him and how he's living negates the fact of what the nation of Islam, even to this day of the restaurants, the stores. And originally, a lot of the restaurants and the stores were directly against um, in this some of the roots of when people say why is the nation of islam so much against jewish people a lot of those merchants a lot of those stores a lot of the, the 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 cafes that were taken out of the black community or not as patronized in the black community in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s were jewish owned businesses that the nation took a took a lot of that money away from their communities right. and and they offered a, a, a new alternative that was black owned. Right. You know, one of the few black owned products, my granddad, that definitely didn't agree with all the nation te teachings. But he says, I know from top to bottom, when I buy this, uh, when I buy this Muslim newspaper, that's what he say. I know that the printing is black. <laughs> I know the ink is owned by probably made in a black. You know, he knew from top to bottom, every dollar is turning over in the black community right, when right. he bought that paper. Even the distribution channel of a guy on the corner selling bean pies with the paper. Right. And this was my granddad in Cleveland. So something like that in the black community should to, to surmise it as if it is only the only intentionality is greed supersedes the role that it played in our community in changing the lives of men like Malcolm X to enlighten them. Right. Um, I, I would argue also that the documentary, the, the style in which it's shot, and, and this is where we can use media often, is shot from the perspective as if Malcolm was 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 unaware of the relationship between the NYPD and the FBI and the target he had on his back. When I believe that Malcolm was very keenly aware of that as well. Right. I think your your first point is um is very, very important. And that's where I, I question the the motives of the documentary. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, well, first and foremost, like everything in America is about business. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's capitalism. It's about profit. We know Netflix is, has been, they've been, uh, uh, you know, throwing, th what, what, you know, giving the bag away to 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 develop content. Yeah. And I mean, this was a very potent content. And and what what we know about black people, uh, we, we're probably one of the largest consumer bases in, in the world. And so here, here and Malcolm is, um, whether loved or hated, he would. He was sparking interest, and I, I would yeah. love to, to to evaluate what those numbers been like um, since that documentary w was w was released. Because uh, again, when you look at a lot of the black films that has come out on on Netflix, nothing probably of this magnitude 
that will really like draw draw us. So, um, again, from 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 you know what we learned from the movie the movie Black Panther, you know worldwide, you know it was was one of the, one of the largest, most gross movies ever as a result of uh, black people not only in America but but across across um, the different waters. So you know putting it in that context, and then I think the brother part who who's doing a lot of interviewing. I mean, like what. Like pissed me off in the in the last the the second or the, the second from the last episode or the last episode mm-hmm. when he says something to the fact um you know the FBI killed one of his own citizens or some some shit like that and I'm like like you know they didn't you know Malcolm didn't see himself as a citizen he saw he saw this as a legal government he, you know he saw himself as a as a press human being that was fighting for for his liberation but again to your point like to confuse as if this government loved Malcolm. Like this government killed Ma- Martin Luther King. This government killed Fred Hampton. This you know this government killed Patrice Lumumba. Why wouldn't it kill Malcolm X? It not only you know it, it incarcerated Matulu Shakur. It, ca- it incarcerated uh, you know Geronimo Pratt. You know I mean the the list goes on and on of of you know th- this government um, you know brought brought crack cocaine into the black community. It is 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 has always and continue to to function in a very genocidal way to to with, with with black people. Yeah. And so do do one do we really know this? Two do we really believe this? Or, or three again we're, we're so blinded. What what about W. Du Bois talks about a function in this double consciousness, this double mm-hmm. consciousness of being black and being American. And 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 as the Bible says, you can't serve two masters. One which one would trump the other. Fundamentally, me in America or thinking that you're American is always going to trump me in black. Why? Because we want to be, we want the full rights of of America. I mean, and that's basically what it's, it's, it's like. He's trying to to share this 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 red red white red blue and white or red white and blue uh, ideology, and yeah. where and that's that's in contrast to being black that. We, we we may have that around us, but it, it's straining us. It's killing us in yeah. every way. I mean, like you, when you look at Jagger Hoover and what he like you like you identify, you know, coming out of the the, the Justice Department and what it did in attacking you know, Marcus Garvey. And, 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 and wait, and when you even say that, let's let's start. The root of what started the FBI yeah. was Marcus Garvey's yeah. movement, which a lot of what the Nation of Islam built their foundation from, of knowing Absolutely. that it could be possible. Absolutely. And then transitioning into the nation, yeah, that's a whole conversation in itself. So, like as Professor James Small, who's who who's considered himself like a Malcolmite, um, you know, he 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 gave the documentary you know two thumbs up. But one of the crucial things that he talked about was because there there there's a wound that's going to be that's being reopened. I mean, mm-hmm. that wound was already being reopened through the through uh, the bumpy the bumpy Johnson series. I mean, yes. that, I mean Malcolm. They're they're like we when we talk about you know my childhood growing up early right when I went to prison one one of, one of my homeboys that that helped start his own day with me he was a nation I was part of a group called the Melanics and he was you know most unfortunately most nation guys because they've been trained to look at Malcolm as as someone who betrayed him. I mean they love him to a certain degree but then they'll draw the line so he betrayed them um, the nation blah blah blah. He's talking bad about Malcolm, and I and I just I just had enough of it. And I'm like, dude, there's those who love Elijah and would die for him, and there's those who love Malcolm and would die for him, and I'm one of them. 
and day four, he never said nothing else bad about Malcolm yeah. to, to me. And I felt I just had to do that. And so my point is, like, if we're going to open it, reopen this wound without taking cautionary, because, you know, like James, James, Professor Small talked about when you when you look in the documentary and when they get to uh, New Jersey and, they, and he's, they're re-showing clips of um, I think James Sebastian or some, something. Yeah. And he talks about in his his interview that's online, and he, he doesn't go into detail, but he was like, there, there there was some retaliation. And the retaliation was that the guy James Small, I mean, uh, the James Sebastian, he ended up getting killed. He got his head cut off. Mm-hmm. And so, again, so I'm saying, like, that that's a that's a touchy subject in our community. It 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 can spark a fire real quick on either side. And then also when you say either side, back to the elephant in the room of what we're saying, <laughs> and we're saying either side, but also the FBI can be involved Absolutely. in this as well. So as much as it's hiding behind the guys, as we know that uh, CoinTelPro, uh, w- what, of what we know as CoinTelPro, uh, act in the, in the Black Panther Party, I'm not one to say CoinTelPro was not intricately involved in the nation of islam cointel pro was not intricately involved in everything martin luther king was doing cointel pro was not intricately involved in in harold washington's campaign to be mayor of chicago and coleman young obviously in the city of detroit being but, mayor here but also to to your point to to make to simplify for your audience when we say cointel pro you're talking about the infiltration of of, of informants yes the infiltration of what some people call agent provocateurs, because there was there was multitude of folks who inter- infiltrated. So like the game, the guy in the, in the uh, what we learned about in the well, I, some of us already knew, but you relearn mm-hmm. in this documentary about Gene Roberts. Gene Roberts was a guy that was recruited by the police officer who worked his way up to being one of Malcolm X's uh, top security. He didn't he didn't do anything to disrupt or cause harm to Malcolm per se, but he monitored Malcolm. And the and the difference where, um, in, in like in Fred Hampton's case, there was a guy named William O'Neill. He not only did he infiltrate, but also he was an agent provocateur, where he poisoned Fred Hampton. So you so you had these multitude of different things as a result. When you're talking about Cointel Pro, that that they that Jagger Hoover or his 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 folks that worked for him would hire us our own, and that's where again like being black just can't be enough. Cause motherfuckers show up talking about black, but they only using that to get to the table. Like, what is your values? What is your what, what is the principle? What, what what is your commitment? Cause just you just 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 talking black cannot be the standard. What is the what is the the um, vetting process? Cause and that's one of the things. Like I, I really like I'm gonna sit down and write one day. Is cause same thing like with William O'Neill. He became Fred Hampton's top security guy. How do how do? And that's a rhetorical question. How do a guy like this walk off the street? Because work his way up to be your top uh, security. And then I'll make this point. Gene Roberts, not only did he infiltrate Malcolm organization, a couple years later, he infiltrates that Black Panther Party. So, again, we're not learning. We're not creating processes. I mean, even now, you know, in, 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 in organizing spaces. You know, we have to assume there's a possible agent, but we can't be paranoid in that assumption. I mean, what happens is like a lot of guys who, who get familiar with Cointel Pro, and they'll they're quick to say that he's an agent. What we know from the past, the one who quick to say you're an agent is probably is the agent. Hilarious, but what you're saying is is definitely real, <coughs> and I can just say from uh, 
the the strongest organization I'm connected to uh, would be definitely the Republic of New Africa, which right. was certainly infiltrated. Uh, mm-hmm. When we think of Omari Badeli, uh, Gaidi, and all the organization there, but more so, you know, my mentor, Chokwe Lumumba, rest in peace, and all the organization there, and, and just how to organize with some of the things that I engage and interact with. Like, um, I, I don't know. I, I look at I look at a lot of people and what we need and so many hands in. It's a it's an extension of black love right. to care for whoever walks in the room. That's our, our people. But definitely the does the value set and does the value system of our people always align with the interest of ourselves, especially, you know, living in this American scape, living in scarcity. Right. And even if a person is uh, walking line and steps with the people. And then find themselves in a situation where they're behind on rent or, you know, they, you know, they can use that extra couple dollars. Right. Like most criminals don't know this. I don't think or they don't or at least they don't talk a lot about this, but uh, it's more money. And it almost has always been more money and being an informant and snitching on people than probably committing crimes themselves. So it, the, the 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 basis of uh, of these systems to um to find informants, to pay off informants, to offer uh, incentives for informants, stands on the backs and the grounds of exploiting our people for generations. Even when we think of uh, uh, enslavement of our people and the informants that were on plantations offering information about uh, people planning to escape or planning to coup or to overtake. And that's where, again, like values are so important like because of the lack of values we we, we find ourselves in very vulnerable positions mm-hmm. and, and what i mean by that um the the we're all vulnerable in the sense of we, we we don't have enough money to get through like to make it through the day and if you don't have the values someone to come and say hey hey Kari, i'll give you fifty thousand dollars if you go do blah blah plant blah. this drugs yeah, yeah, on, on right. yourself exactly <laughs> and, and so and this is where, like, most, again, and this is where, like, self, when we talked about earlier, you know, knowledge of self, learning who you are. You know, all the, uh, and when those things become your core, then you, you, that can't be penetrated. And I think in terms of, you know, understanding, like, the documentary and, its po- and, and the potency of it, I would challenge anybody who, if this is your, if this is your entry level to learn about Malcolm, um, don't, don't, don't stop there. You know, go read the autobiography of Malcolm X. Go there, there are some documentaries that's that's on YouTube. Uh, I think one is Make It Plain. It's a couple others that's, that's very authentic mm-hmm. um, that will add more context. Um, you know, understanding like there 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 was a, there was some some you know a strange relationship between Malcolm uh, and Elijah and, and just you know and just in general of of the movement and the organization. You know, and if you don't understand those those complexities. You're, you're easy getting a position of picking a side. I love Malcolm, but as my father taught, you know, challenged me, like, you can't love Malcolm without, without loving Elijah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you know Ma- Malcolm is a product of Elijah. You know, Eli- if it, Eli- you know, Elijah is set the foundation, but the reality, at the end, you know, Malcolm outgrew Elijah. He outgrew the nation of Islam. He was, he was, he was a butterfly, you know, looking to, to spread his wings and, and and that led to some some conflicts and thinking and then we put it in the context of our struggle. The, the organization was still in its infancy stages. Yeah, you know, just, not gonna say real still developing who it was, what the leadership was, and how they're gonna function. 
and I actually on that point want to get into the church is one of those strong institutions mm-hmm. and the nation. So like religion serves, but also organizations <laughs> themselves. Mm-hmm. It's always these deep questions about uh, for black organizations when you're fighting for black justice and black people, what role and responsibility do you have for outside the flock as the church would say? Because fundamentally, I think that was the that was the divide. And it was pulling more and more on Malcolm as Malcolm wanted to serve a role more with black people uh, outside of coming into the nation. And, and many, many pastors felt the same way, though he's romanticized right now. But many f- pastors, black pastors, really felt that way about Martin Luther King. You'd be surprised yeah. if you really you know, look back at some of the history and read the sermons. Pastors definitely felt that way about Jeremoji of the Shrine of Black Madonna, where you just spoke not too long ago, about what role do 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 black organizations and institutions play in the lives of people outside of these institutions when the resources are already so scarce by design? And, you know, should our resources of our institution go outside of our institution to support? I mean, they play they play a, a crucial role. Um, they ha- ha- always have, and hopefully always will. But the problem is, when the organization positions itself to have the people serve it versus it serves the organiz serve the people, mm-hmm. that's when it becomes a problem. Um, okay, so let's stop right there, mm-hmm. because even in that, like even in that, some people in the organization sometimes feel that way. So the the classic one may be the church. As a church member, um, I feel that the the money for tuition should go to all kids from the church that's going to that that you know all all children of church members that have been a part of this church, you know when we send some kids off to college, even though it may be a kid that lives across the street, never walked the doors, never walked into the church, but is a part of the community. How 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 do you? I mean, this is not as linear of a. So that, and that's what I was you know, going to in terms of like un, so let's unpack when I say organizations and particularly churches have positioned themselves to have the people serve them versus they serve the people, hmm. and so a lot of times when you when you join these churches fraternities fraternities, you know the list goes on and on. First thing they say, welcome brother, you you you're home, you join you finally found your family. You know, like I always had a family. You know or always doing is is not about your set yeah <laughs> and in some ways you you could even say that you can say gang i mean yeah, a yeah. lot of these organizations are living in the same scarcity of black people themselves and they function in this in this, in this very narrow way mm. and because of our inability or lack of being in leadership or we don't want to rock the boat we allow we allow that to be again I remember when i joined uh fellowship chapel hall with Rondo Anthony, you know, years ago, they were like, "This young brother here, he gonna he gonna do like motherfucker." I was already doing, mm-hmm. like I, you know, I didn't, I joined to 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 be a part of you know other things, but when you try to regu- regulate me just be here, it's doing a disservice to what I believe, and that's mm-hmm. when you when you look at Malcolm. Malcolm loved black people ultimately more than he loved loved the nation. I agree. And not saying, and again, let's unpack that. He loved the nation. He yes. didn't want. He didn't want to lead the nation. But mm-hmm. his love for the nation was a result of his love for black people. 
Mm-hmm. It was a result for his love for black people that put him in opposition with Elijah Muhammad was his father. He wasn't his biological, he was his spiritual father. He was a, he was the man that get, that became a zapper to him. And, and, and that led to the, the, the conflict. And so fundamentally, we all have to question ourselves. I mean, yeah, organizations, they, they, they exist. But if, again, if you're saying if everything that is for is for the people, but the people have to join your organization, it's bullshit. I mean, that's what that's what made the Black Panther Party so significant. Because they, at one point in time, it, it was truly about the, all the slogans that we hear. They lived it. Power to the people. All for the people. It was... They 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 helped instrument that practice that was so beautiful in that yeah. short period of time, and and that was a different form of organizing, even than what uh, one of the one of the people in theory that I look up to. I never met the man, but I like a lot of Stokely Carmichael's th- theories uh, and what he would speak on. But it was enacted to another level. But when we think of the food program. It wasn't like a, a breakfast program. The breakfast program. It, it wasn't like is, is your mom a member of the Black Panther Party? Well, you know, you can. Get I mean, it. let me share. So, like Fred Hampton, um, he shared this story, mm-hmm. which was the the police would come up to the people, particularly to the mothers, and they would try to scare them. Like, you know, this is a communist program. I mean, because you know, at that time, the worst thing you could do was be a communist. Well, to me, that was the the lens that Jagger Hoover put Absol- on a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, that was the American mm-hmm. government. That was how they, uh, that was their narrative, right? Yeah. And and, uh, and the, the mothers, they were like, well, I, I ain't for communists, but if you stop stop trying, if you stop this program, I'm, I'm going to shoot your ass. Because mm-hmm. fundamentally, the program was meeting the needs of the people. Funda- so what, what, what really resonated with me when I began to study about the Black Panther Party, it wasn't the emphasis about being a leader. It wasn't an emphasis about being an educator. It wasn't an emphasis about being an intellectual. It was an emphasis about being a servant, a servant of the people. If you could be, you you could be an intellectual, but you're using your intellectual capacity to serve the people. You can be an educator. You're using your knowledge and your education to serve the people. You can be a leader, but your 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 servitude of your leadership is to serve the people not for them to serve you. And if you're not doing those things, you're, you're being a disservice and, a, uh, and an injustice to, to our people. And so when you put those things in the context um, uh, to, to that documentary, like I don't think most people realize that when you watch the documentary, many of the, the guys that he interviewed, the older gentlemen, right, mm-hmm. it says former member of the Nation of Islam. Everybody. He did not Im- interview one current member of the Nation of Islam, which – as just a person in the world, a documentarian yeah. <coughs> or, or videographer, I, I it would be hard for me to release that type of documentary about so much of the Nation of Islam without a current member. So that, that's one point. But my point is, if everybody is a former member, why do they become former members? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, as a critical thinker, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. And not only, not only did they they stop being members of the nation, they all was now new members of a Muslim mosque, a mm-hmm. Sunni Muslim. Mm-hmm. So again, when we study the history of the Nation of Islam, the Nation of Islam was basically, in, in, you know, was was a, in my opinion was a Christian type organization. Mm-hmm. They, they and all honestly, at one point they relied more on the Bible than they did the Quran. Mm-hmm. And 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 so and again, let me explain this to the audience so people who not get it. When I say they more, it was more like a Christian organization. They used the biblical language that our people understood to be able to recruit them 
into bringing them into the nation of Islam. But they was not the traditional Islam group. They was not the traditional same as the Sunni Muslims. Even to this day, there's still there's still some difference. They, you know, Farrakhan up under his leadership, they they made some modifications. But again, so when you look at many of those brothers in that interview, all of them currently are are Sunni Muslims who left the nation of Islam at some point for some reason. And, and the question, I, and I would love to, why do, why are you no longer a member? And, and not saying they had to continue to be a member. Again, and it's so much to unpack. But Malcolm gives us an opportunity, when I mean Malcolm's life, to unpack all these things. Because there is no absolute. No absolute is to continue our journey for fighting for our people. But it, it, it's disturbing, like, some of the things. Because ultimately, like, those guys' loyalty was not to, 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 to justice. Those guys' loyalty was not to you know, trying to find the truth. Like, in the last segment, when um, the one guy who was a friend of the, uh, the William Bradley, whatever, and his son was like, you know, it's in the past. Let's let it die. Mm-hmm. Like, are you fr- are you serious? And it's- I don't think he was even in the nation, but he was like an ex-police officer. Yeah, I mean, it, it mm-hmm. just, it was it's, it was the coldness yes. of, 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 of what they said and, 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 and those things. So, um, it's just so much to unpack with, with, within that, that documentary. And I keep going back to it. Like, I, I, I just question the, the motives. Um, I mean, I think you alluded to it. Because, well, again, what happens, I mean, because even when we are such a fragile people, right? So, um, so before this, this documentary comes out, there's the Snoop and Gail thing. We're, 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 we're fighting back and forth. I mean, if you go on social media, no black people fighting and fighting every day. <laughs> around something, I give you that. I give you that. <laughs> I mean, this was this is another another thing to cre- create. I mean, the the week before it was the Ty Perry Perry movie. There was a side of folks for so I mean, you just I mean every it's like every hour there's a new thing, and that's and so my point is like there, there's there's an author um, named Dale Jones. He's no longer with us. He said the confusion of, of he said the enemy of revolution is confusion, and and. And this documentary can be that that new form of confusion that just drops in the black community that could create some more infighting. Hmm. That's deep. That's deep. Uh, the the one question I, I do have for you uh, within the group is just posing the question. You you say the value systems need to be aligned, mm-hmm. but when you engage the people, it's no telling what value systems they have. So right. under the guise of a group or an organization, it's more an agreed upon value system that exists there. So without the group or the organization, how, how do you align people's value systems? I think, I mean, there's some things that's innate, right? Um, you know, we, we talk about we know what's right, what's from right from wrong. Um, you know, we know what loyalty is, we, we desire it, but because of our inability to see it in a healthy way, right? We have, we have many unhealthy practices, unhealthy practices of love, unhealthy practices of value systems. But they're there, but they're there, and so if we can change that unhealthiness to healthy, I mean, like when you look at Malcolm, and again, that's what made Malcolm so profound. Like he was a guy that that Elijah cleaned up. I mean, a bit of his his life was a, uh, exaggerated. What I mean by a bit in terms of like he wasn't a, like a bona fide gangster. You know, he no. flirt he flirted with gangsters, and you know, he wasn't a bona fide pimp. But right. That's that's what that's what makes the autobiography yeah a better. A better read too, because the crimes he was committing, uh, 
or what's labeled as crimes. Mm-hmm. But the acts he was, you know, the acts that the criminal acts yeah. in America that he was committing are not to the point of like, I mean, he wasn't, you know, he Billy the Kid. Yeah, he, he wasn't was like heisting right. trains and running in banks and stuff right. like he, that. He, he was a criminal. It was without more like a hustler to me of coming up on money. Absolutely. He was a criminal without a doubt. And I'm not even referring to the documentary per se. I mean, the book. Because, again, if you read the book, it, people get to the, the conclusion that you're making. But because of what we look at from the outside in, like, people say Detroit Red. Yeah. Like, they, that was just a nickname he got. Yeah. Because, again, most people, when you say, where you from, I'd rather say I'm from Detroit than Lansing. Yeah. And, you no, know, uh, for, uh, for, Yeah, because when you would say, I'm, when you say I'm Lansing, I'm, I'm from Lansing, they like, where is that at? Right, Near exactly. Detroit? Yeah. Like, I mean, to this day, yeah. uh, really, you could be from Grand Rapids, depending upon where you at in the country, especially dealing with black folks, they're going to be like, where is that at? Yeah, and then also you got uh, Red Fox, and he's he's Chicago, Rick. right? Red Fox. I mean, so so it, it was easy to develop those names. Yeah. But it's again, we have to really push ourselves to really get to the truth, and that, and that's where you know you look at Malcolm. Malcolm was, was such a, a vivid reader. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he said his his uh, books was his uh, um, Um So we we just had to continue to learn and study, um, and so so you know, asking the right questions. And no, understanding that like, where where does the nation fit in the nation Islam fit in this? Like, you know, again, let's 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 go back like to the the uh, the Million Man March. You mm-hmm. have more non-nation members who attended all of those events. Yeah. Why? Why? Because the because most like in your grandfather, right? He, you say he wasn't a nation, but huh. there was something about that message resonated with them. Because yeah. what resonated with them, I'm a black man in America that yes. could possibly get killed. Um, the things that they're saying is 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 relevant to me, right? But I don't necessarily agree with such and such. Yeah. And so, so this is where the the problem within the black community, or we we create the problem. So you have a a, a Black Panther Party, you have a Nation of Islam, you have a Republican New Africa. I mean, there's multitude of different organizations. So. If the nation may not be your your cup of tea, the Black Panther Party might be your cup of tea. If the Black Panther Party, it may be SNCC. You know, there's a multitude of organizations. But what we didn't do and what we still haven't done was create an umbrella. And because out of, if, you, if you're going to be a party, any of these organizations that are very cr- crucial about all of them, which is, should be the transformation of yourself, which gets to your other point of the core values. Mm. Your values to yourself. Your values to your community, which is the value of love for black people, desire for the liber- liberation. You also talk about uh, economic self-determination, all these things that we, we lack in our community. Because, again, when you when you unpack any of these organizations, they, their blueprints pretty much are the, are the same. Mm-hmm. And But, again, because of what we know about human men and what we know about specifically about men, our fucking egos get in the way. And, 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 and that's where... Because of our ego, this is what allows Cointel Pro to come in to exist. And, and to exist and, and pick us off. And, yeah. and now creates the infighting where I may I may shoot you, but in reality, J. Edgar Hoover planted the seed. Yes. Very much. Very much so. Uh we we've seen it play out <laughs> in you know how much I love sports, but even sports infighting. Like of the tragedy in Kobe Bryant's passing. Uh, and I wasn't even the biggest fan of the Lakers at the time. I was way more Allen Iverson fan. But I think to myself, if it wasn't for the infighting between outside interest and really media playing a role, Shaq and Kobe may have won like 10 championships straight. Right. Because of ego. 
you know, and I mean, that's a sports reference for people to take and more so comprehend in here, in, in here but in, in all facets as we talk about this divide. And I, I would say that the idea of the monetary scarcity that capitalism is based upon and definitely infiltrated into our communities creates a an opportunity for the susceptibility for so many people to be paid off, so many people to be uh, taken advantage of and exploited because of this opportunity. And I would just add to your point, not only ca capitalism is not only an economic system, but it, it is a lifestyle system. Yes. It is a value system. True, true, true. And, 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 and what I mean that for your audience is, like, capitalism breeds individuality. It, like, it sure does. And I mean, and to the point of where, like, if you and I start something, I, I have to emphasize I'm the founder. <laughs> no, I'm the founder. Detroit is different, you know, which you which you are, right? But if, but if you're trying to recruit other motherfuckers, all you gonna hear, I'm the founder. I'm the founder. Like, what the fuck you need me for? Like, that's the, and that's where part again. That's where the 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 as a lifestyle, as a value system, mm -hmm. it begins to show up. It doesn't yeah. allow room to to incorporate other people. Not to say that d d diminish your your contribution, diminish your worth. All that matters, right? Because we're still human, all the, we should still engage each other, uplift uh, us. But we ha we should do it within with where the 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 the, um, the individual the parts are not greater than the whole. I agree with you, and uh, that individuality can take over. That ego can take over. It's it's alluring uh, to to be exalted, <laughs> but in reference to like Detroit is different. The way I look at it is so much of anyone else to play a role to shine a light. I, I look at it as it's a prism. You know, yeah. I've used this analogy before. And the light shines through me in a different way than it will shine through you. So when the light shines through me, it's going to connect some different people. And that's what I love about podcasting so much. Some of these podcasts may only get 50 listens. Some may get 500 listens. Right, right. But those 50 that listen, it's very intentional. Because right, I'm right. not necessarily trying to reach. I feel things get more diluted when you're reaching Absolutely. 600 million because 600 pe million people may not get to a one premise, but that 50 people where it can be impactful. That's dope that I got something that they can connect with. And then you, when you get, when you take that and you, and you expand it back into the movement, when any, any of our organizations, the ones that grew too fast, yeah. they, they met, they doom quicker. Yeah. I mean, even with the nation, even though they, they've had more longevity, but it's because of their, their, their ability to work more in, in the small group of who they are, right? But they've suffered many setbacks, many infiltrations, but they, 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 they're they not as open to the larger community in the same way the Black Panther Party was. It doing. takes a, it definitely, or or what Marcus Garvey had, yeah, one of exactly. the most right. infiltrated organizations, but one of the largest organizations ever. Like and and, and what I'm doing, I'm trying to, and I'm choosing my words you know, carefully because I don't want to, as as I'm saying anything bad about the nation per se, because mm -hmm. um, and, and when I because not just say there, there's a narrowness to them, and that narrowness is good, and it's bad too. You know, it's it's a both. I mean, end. it's a it's an opportunity cost cost to whatever, but it takes amount of discipline. It takes a lot amount of training. Like being in a nation is not like, you know, you can walk in most churches, join that Sunday. I mean, it's it, they're calling you to join, whereas the nation, that is not the get down with the nation. Yeah, I mean, and so to, to again go to that point where, like, there's a process. Like, you just don't walk in and, and walk on the street and join. But then there's the process, too. Like, and, and, these, and these things are universal with the nation, with the with the churches, and even just any organization mm -hmm. for the most part. Like, 
hey, can I get some help? Some will help you for the most part. You know, they want you to jump through hoops. You know, you, you got to sign up to this or you got to become a member. Like, what do you mean I can become a member? I mean, that part of the narrowness where it 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 it, ter- it turns people off. Even the language, you know, when the when the nation was very strong with the the language of, of white devils. I mean, some a lot of I don't think a lot of the black people really resonated. It resonated in in, in, in private, but publicly, it just because it, it just went against wh- our nature. Like we're just such a spiritual people. We just love every fucking body, mm-hmm. uh, even the motherfucker who shitting on us. Right? It just like hey, it's love them. But some of us like okay, I can see that, but. I still don't want to agree with that, right? Yeah. And 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 and, and all again, and all these are co- complexities of being black, because because fundamentally we're still, you know, we're still a young nation. We are a nation within a nation, still redefining who we are. And the nation of Islam was just one component of that, and Malcolm is a, is a piece of that, because the the for the gr- the growth of the nation to to reach its level that it did, it was a direct result of Malcolm. I think. Beyond direct result of Malcolm, and it, and it talks a little bit about the relationship, but I, I feel that Malcolm was the gateway to so many, but Malcolm was the gateway to Muhammad Ali, yeah. and Muhammad Ali you became a gateway to the world. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, but that's, that's you take word. away Malcolm, you don't get you, you don't get Muhammad Ali. You you take away Malcolm, you don't get Farrakhan. That too. Yeah, I mean, you know, some yeah. some people say that's blasphemy. But that's true. I mean, Ma- Malcolm. I mean, he was in Boston. He he, Farrakhan heard Malcolm. He, I mean, he loved both. You know, ultimately. But but, what 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 we're saying and what I'm saying specifically again, Malcolm's love for the nation and for black people demanded of him to work on behalf of that organization. Muhammad speak. He started at his fucking yeah. basement. Yeah. He went up the East Coast, uh, corridor. Opening up new fucking mosques. Yeah, I mean he 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 slept, he ate, he shitted the nation. He put yeah. the nation before again. I mean this is what he be, and and we all should do that. If whatever organization that you you join, you, it should demand of that. But also what we need to learn too that it cannot just be narrow for that organization. It has to be for the for black people first and foremost. Because when Malcolm died, he had nothing. Mm-hmm. His children. So I mean. Okay, if we if we depart and we have a we have a breakup, whatever, I, I should be able to leave with something. All, all the, I mean, like I, I make a joke. You know, me and my um, ex wife, when we had the divorce, I had bought her a dog before we before we got the divorce, and she didn't want the dog no more. And I'm a dog lover, but I, I didn't really care for this dog. But I didn't want to see it go to a maintenance society, so I took the dog, and I let her have the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but and. And the reason I let her have the house, she got three kids. Mm-hmm. You know, she needed it. I need a house, but when I when I compared the two of us, I could see her. It, it benefited her more than me and where I was at. So now, so I, I use that point to just illustrate, like Malcolm, he 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 was married. He had four fucking children, or you know, two on the way, two there, two on the way. So it, at least you could have done was give this man something. Mm-hmm. I mean, because of his loyalty, because because of his devotion, and and, and, it's, and it's hard, right? Because at the end of the day, we're still human beings that are tied into our emotions. And then so much of it also in organization, and this goes right back to ego. Some of it may be you want to act in a certain way, <coughs> but in in acting in that certain way that's out of the line of what uh, what other people are part of this organization may say. Right. You know, like uh, classic. Uh, 
when I think of the Panther Party and, and Eldridge Cleaver's role and how certain people felt and how certain people didn't feel. And 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 on on a lot of in a lot of ways, it's like, man, this is a very dynamic situation because on one hand, what response are we supposed to have to this? You know, and then on another hand, it's like responding into uh, visceral, as you say, the infighting. Mm-hmm. If we respond with too much of the infighting, then that's only going to trigger uh, 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 other responses and, and, and not necessarily be the equity, not not necessarily be the, the, the semblance of of what I think is togetherness. I don't I don't think we culturally exist in the idea of scarcity. I, I don't think we subscribe to that belief right. as, as black people. Um, but being here. I mean, and just to bring the, the conversation back full circle around the documentary, um, I can't emphasize enough. If, if you're going to allow that documentary to be your entry point to learn about Malcolm and his assassination, and all honestly, uh, all estimation you're doing a disservice to Malcolm. You're doing you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're not willing to just you know use it as a stepping stone. So if you haven't read it, go go back and read go read the doc, um, his autobiography. Um, actually, there, there's a book out there, particularly if you're in more interested in learning about the assassination. Um, it's called a book called The Judas Factor, the plot to kill Malcolm X. That's that's one of the uh, very very good uh, prolific books. Um, there's there's some good documentaries on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like I said, one is uh, Make it plain. Uh, Mal- Malcolm speaks, and then listen to his speeches. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one of his yeah. last speeches was here, recorded by Gaidi uh, Obadeli, um, right here in the city of Detroit at Ford Auditorium. So, like, you, you you have access to his direct message as well on YouTube. So, connect to those direct messages because you'll be surprised some of the some of the poignancy and and how how current. A lot of his speeches still are to this day. I mean, because also he, before he got assassinated, I mean, he they were so intertwined in the in- internal beef between him and the nation. And he was saying inflammatory things. They were saying inflammatory things. And then when he, when he goes, I think it was Paris or somewhere in a Europe country, and they denied him interest. And Malcolm said, wow, this is bigger than the nation. Mm-hmm. Or the time when he goes, when, he, when he's over in Africa, somewhere or the Middle East and he gets poisoned. Like, wow, this is bigger than the nation. Like the nation doesn't have this reach mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So I mean then again the people on the side who says they believe Malcolm betrayed, whatever, like go no, go back and when the FBI comes knock knock on Malcolm door, he let him in and he secretly uh records the conversation. That's that's public knowledge, right? You know, and he plays them and they're, they're, they're like and they're trying to, you know, again, vulnerability. We know he's in a very vulnerable spot. But I mean, he was a very. They go back to values and principles. He was a very principled individual, but but also what get that doesn't get talked about a lot, and that the time that Malcolm uh, gets suspended, he does his ninety days or what whatnot of, of not being able to, to talk publicly, and then when he finally you know breaks or get put out of the nation of Islam, from that moment to his assassination is is very immense intensity of his life. The the very pressured days. Yeah, the firebombing of his home. Yeah, no pressure days, pressure nights. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to be in his shoes. Yeah. You know, and he's living. I mean, he's he's on borrowed time. He's on borrowed time. I mean, it's, and it, we're so quick to always look like our ancestors that was enslaved. Like, 
I would have did such and such. Well, nigga, why you ain't doing it right now? Because we still enslaved in some type of way. And so we can't be so quick to 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 make no judgment statements without fully comprehending the historical ramifications that created the situation in the first place. Because, again, pressure busts pipes. Oppression drives us insane. Like, Malcolm made many mistakes during that time. But mm-hmm. a lot of those mistakes was, was based on – I mean, he was – he was one man fighting against many. Well, that and also, also at the time, I, I, I can only, I can, I can try to empathize with him. I mean, what he was fighting against and the reasoning behind what he was fighting against, he really did not, like, it, it's different when you're confused. Um, when you're confused about, <coughs> you know, a disconnect, um, a separation and you feel and you feel just for your actions. Mm-hmm. It's different. Like, you know, if you, if you still, you know, if, if you forget to wash the dishes and you get in trouble, that's different than like, you didn't do, it's like, ma, why, why am I in trouble? Right. You know, like, what did I do? And furthermore, when you rethink and you retrace your steps and you say to yourself, I would have did the same thing over and over and over again. So that's, that's definitely a different state, but it, 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 in reading the autobiography, you get a peek into some of his thoughts around this time. But and really, the, during the time of the autobiography is like really when he's in this in this zone. Like he's he's speaking in actuality of present mm-hmm. in in the autobiography. And he's going, and he's going the duality of the that experience is not only is he sharing it with Alex Haley, he's living it. Yes, that's point. what I was going to say. Yeah, no, like, it, right? Yeah, he's living now. It. You know, I, mean, I mean, before they complete the book, the the split happens. He's yeah. he's 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 going through that. You know, he's still making time to talk to Alex Haley when God knows what's going on. He's still traveling the country. You know, he's feeling the obligation. So, I mean, these the, their lives is is the blueprint to complete the journey of our of our goal to seize liberation for Black people. And that's that is what's so. <laughs> You know, like I, I can only imagine because to stay, to stay tried and true, and and, and yes, there were inflammatory things that Malcolm was saying, and vice versa. Uh, not necessarily Elijah Muhammad as much as some of the other ministers well, in the nation. Well, I mean, that's one of the things. Like looking at the documentary, uh, I mean, you, he quoted Malcolm. I mean, Elijah, he's. He said some shit. Yeah, he he did. He didn't say nothing. I mean, like Farrakhan and a few others. No, they yeah. said they that they they was throwing uh, cocktails. They was yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, it, yeah. it's it's still, um, you know. But even Muhammad Ali. Yeah, that I mean, like all again, like all. The, I mean, each of these in, these guys, he had personal relationships with, right? Yes. And so, in each one, who's who's basically turned their back on him. Can yeah. can you imagine? The, the 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 pain, the blow, like a lot. I mean, uh, we we ain't gonna talk about fair crime. We we gonna stick with my, I mean Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali fundamentally does not become a member of the nation of Islam if it wasn't for Malcolm. Yeah, without question. Yeah, and 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 they they created that rift. I mean, to the point where he publicly disowned Malcolm. Yes. Yeah, it it is. <laughs> You know, and that would drive you crazy. Yeah. I mean, the closest thing to that within my own life was was Tupac. And, and I remember that Vibe article about everything that happened, 
you know, uh, between uh, being shot at Quad Studios, between Tupac and Biggie, and I don't know how many people follow hip-hop. I know you follow Tupac a whole <laughs> lot, but uh, it's the same way. And, I mean, also, just like Malcolm was very young like Tupac, too, because it's also you, you're young trying to comprehend a lot of this and unpack it. I think I think if you get older, you you may have more context to say, okay, I can see where ego plays. I can see where roles play. I can see where organization plays. But being young and going through all of that, I, I mean, not only be young, but to, to to but to have a target on your back, yeah, to literally have someone try to kill you or assault you. I mean, I and that's a that's a great example. Like those from the time Pac got out of the joint, got out of the joint, to the time till he was he was assassinated and killed. They him and him and both their lives are very um, similar in terms of, of um, uh, the amount the of emotions, the emotion tied to the pressure. That they're yeah. dealing with. I mean, even like when I think about, I do think now like with Biggie, right? The way he went at Biggie, I think a lot of it, it was it was tied to other things. I think there was some stuff between it, him and Biggie. It was, it was, but at the same time, you know, Biggie and Puffy. Uh, I, I remember, I, I remember like yesterday the whole when they came on Yo MTV Raps and we're like, man, we hope Pac is good and everything like that. And then two weeks later, they come out with Who Shot You? Yeah, like yeah. I can't. Pac's 22 at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A tw- you know, a 22 year old being shot. <laughs> and that's what that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then a song like "Who, Who shot, shot You" come out. You, I don't think you have the layers to say, "Oh, maybe he just." I, I mean, right. I, I, no, I feel that, and that's what I'm trying to like. On one hand, I, I try to, I'm in, in retrospect, try to get Biggie past a little bit. Then like, when the "Who shot you," like, damn, for real, like, and that's that. If that don't, if that, that probably for Pac hurt it more. Then yes. the actual bullet. Yes. <laughs> and you know, because you're in jail, and it's like, hey, you heard this new Biggie song, and it's like, what? <laughs> what in the like? And am I tripping? Be, yeah, you supposed to be my man's. Yeah. You know, you man, you broke bread together. Like, like am so. I tri- like am I tripping or am I tripping? And I, I think, and then both their lives, uh, it helps us to understand like the depths of betrayal. Yes. Like, like we all have been to some level, but but not to that level, right? And, no. And, and that's where it, it cuts like a it cuts deeper than a razor blade, and and it it can bring the worst out you right. I mean, and Pac was 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 much was very young. I mean, M- Malcolm was thirty nine, but he was very young in the sense of a movement. He was he's yeah, a movement person, yeah. And he's trying to develop a movement. And I mean, he's trying and like from like I can be I relate to Malcolm in the sense of like I haven't been so quick to get out and try to start an organization, do shit like that when I can. Like if I wanted, if I wanted thousands of followers, I could have that. Not because I wanted to, because the world that we live in, people flock to what they think as leaders or people who have information or doing some shit. People just want to be a part of that. Uh, you know, it's it's the P Diddy effect, it's it's the Damon Dash effect, if you want it. But that shit scares the hell out of me. It, it scares me in a sense because at the end of the day, the worst thing I can do is fuck over somebody whole. The worst thing I can do is lead somebody into a ditch. I I need to make sure that I'm I, I'm. Uh, developed enough to 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 create a situation that we all function as leaders and organizers, um, and not to deny my own leadership accountability, but that's how that grows out of. So again, thinking about Malcolm trying to start the Muslim mosque, trying to start the o- OAU, even Pop, you know, you know he goes through well, he goes through now, now he has the outlaws. I mean, all these are all these are kids and the outlaws. Yeah. That, that and he's still a kid, his own fucking self. Yeah. That 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 he's trying to help develop and raise and just deviated on the pop thing but you just saw like he changed the complexity of death row in he terms sure of 
Like, sure, I mean, we know Snoop, when he, he was the man. When Pop comes, he knocks Snoop's out the way. Where the, where, uh, the dog pound and Snoop niggas, LBC, they looking at Pop. Pop setting the tone because he he just came from a different breed. And that's the same with Malcolm. Malcolm, like, people, like, people, not, like, when you look at the, after the assassination of Malcolm X, and all the organization that was that was started after '65 was influenced by Malcolm X. Very much so. Very much so. You know, so I mean, I mean, not, I mean you know, not to deviate on to deviate the conversation apart, but they are interconnected, yes. and and to help to illustrate points around the pressure, around being young, uh, being isolated, it leads you because again, we people pop. He get he I think he gets overly criticized. I mean, he definitely deserves some of the criticism. Yeah. But we don't put it in context. Same with Malcolm. He gets overly criticized. He doesn't he doesn't put it in in, in context because uh, because we're we unfortunately intellectually we become lazy. We don't want to really dig deep. Yeah, you know, it's we, easier we, we, to stay on the surface. Exactly. <laughs> and and with staying on the surface, we we lose like you say the context of how. And as we come to a close, I, I wanna. I want to introduce um, some of the work that you're doing now. Mm-hmm. You got on a you got on a hoodie. Yeah, 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 yeah. What you rocking? Rocking Community Movement Builders. What's that? Community Movement Builders is an uh, organization that I'm, I'm part of. I'm the the national uh, field marshal. We started off in um, Atlanta, Georgia. We have what, four chapters now. We have a chapter in Dallas. We have a chapter in San Diego. We have a chapter in Detroit. You know, we we we, we launched a Detroit chapter this year, for show. Uh, Community Movement Builder is a place-based organization where we we use we do institution building in terms of uh, rooting ourselves in the neighborhoods in the community as neighborhood organizers. Uh, we're developing the concept around uh, liberated zones, but our, liber- our our theory around liberated zones is is practically tied to institutions, you know, such as where we at now. Um, you know, being tangibly being able to organize and engage the people. Okay, all right. What led you to be a part of that? Um, what led me to be a part of it? You no know, values, first and foremost. Um, you know, the, our values are, are, are black sustainability, black self determination, black black love. Uh, you know, black black liberation. And, and as I just talked about earlier, I can talk about all the great shit I've done as an individual. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, I'd rather talk about all the great shit that we can do collectively. I like it. Yeah. And back to Malcolm's legacy in this, you're going to be doing something big coming up. Mm-hmm. What's coming up? So we got the grand opening for the community center. It will be uh, May May 16th. And then the, uh, the following weekend, we'll, we'll be doing the uh, – actually – May 19th, we'll be doing something around Malcolm X's birthday. We'll have Eddie Conway, a former Black Panther Party member who served 45 years. He'll be coming from Baltimore having a conversation with him. He can still come back, talk mm-hmm. more about that. And then May 23rd, we'll bring a stick man in from uh, Atlanta who's part of uh, the phenomenal rap group, uh, Dead Prez. We'll, we'll be hosting him at the community center. And then uh, August 1st, we'll be, we'll be hosting our 14th year annual backpack event and this year we're still in the early stages uh, of pushing that out to make that a, a or a, a national international day of, of, of organizing okay if people want to support you what should they how do, how do they go about it uh, so right now for the next 30 days I'll be off Facebook uh, people can go to the website yousefbunchofshakur.org again that's yousef I'm sorry that's yousefshakur.org 
or people can reach out to directly at 313-459-6008. 313-459-6008. And that's like his real number. That ain't a Google Voice number. <laughs> that ain't uh that ain't like uh his, his ghost phone. Yeah, that's not no assistant. That's like Yusef's real you real number. He may click over and be talking to his son, his mama, his sister. <laughs> true that, true that, man. I, I come from a different cloth, so. Yep. And then also um for Detroit, man, we also in the early stage of looking to. So again, we've been doing the um, the backpack event for 14 years. I think uh, we we've had an influence of, of people taking that model and doing it. So this year, what we want to do is for the whole month of uh, August, mm-hmm. we want to do a backpack event every every weekend. Hmm. Um, but what 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 I w- want to do is where so like not going to anybody's community and trying to do it, helping people. And giving them the instrument and the tools to how to, to do it, how to do it, and we support it. And, it. and it doesn't all have to be the same. It doesn't have to be a big, miraculous type of event. It can be small, it's as long as it's something. And we're tied together. We're building, building the movement. And then also, you know, we'll, uh, part of uh, CMB, we'll be launching the third third space collective as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, as, as I talked, um, I ran to Lauren Lauren Hood the other day, so she's all with it and stuff. So then just again, bring the conversation back full circle. And talking, and I was talking about you, and mm-hmm. I was like, man, I don't use the f word that often, which is like friend. Like he's like Kari is the closest thing. Like when I say, like that's my friend, mm-hmm. and, and and because again, when you live in, in this world, man, and you know, for me and everything I've been through, like we talked about having friends, but when you grow up and you realize, like every motherfucker ain't your friend, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's a different meaning. So when I say that to you, like I know, like dude, like we friends, we brothers, we friends, we yeah. we all that. Yeah, me casa, su casa. Because <laughs> when you say F word, I'm like, well, you say fuck a lot. <laughs> you know, I speak. Uh, Detroit is different. I definitely keep it clean. But in common <laughs> conversation, I'm colorful <laughs> with profanity. So you meet me in common conversation. But I know I got a lot of my older guests and stuff. But that is what it is. Sometimes it gets coarse like that. Y'all done heard the word before. If you older than me, it was around. Pro- y'all probably use profanity I never heard of. Like right, uh, right. rutabaga or something. Uh, you know, I ain't no telling with old folks. But. Man, this was fun. I'm going to definitely bring you back. We're going to keep this community development discussion going. And uh, that's dope that you got Lauren Hood. I think Lauren is very brilliant with how she uh, frames things and the role she's going to play. Um, I feel in a lot of ways, even more as my homie and friend, I look at Lauren like, man, you know, I wish I had a fast forward button in life because I want to see what she's going to be doing for our community like 20 years from now. Because I do think she interacts and she connects with organizations and certain people to bring back resources that I definitely don't think, you know, people like me and you will ever be privy to. But she is in in a in a space where she knows um knows a role that she can play in the lives of me, you, Malika Kini, uh, and so many others, too. I think just as we, we get ready to close and, you know, bringing up Lauren, well, I mean, one of the things I, I love about Lauren and, and really respect is, like, when we think about fighting for black people, it's like as a monolith. Like, you fight in your own way. I fight in my own yeah. way. But being able to, con- like, it's like this Rubik's Cube. How do we find the pieces where we, where we function? I think Lauren has, is, is she exhibits... Like she didn't necessarily start off like you and I learning, but she's learning. She's growing. Uh, she's she's committed. She's finding her own voice, and she's willing to connect those dots. And that's and not too many of us are willing to do that. Like we we want to 
we, we want the fast route to get to the top of, of fighting for black people, which is not very authentic at all. True. I agree, man. Peace be. I don't know if you want to say uh, peace, shout out. And <laughs> all power to the people, man. That's I like that. All, all power to the people. That's that's like the uh, the old saying. That's what up, though? <laughs> all right, peace. Black revolutionaries, distillery owners, Italian fashion retailers, and Motown Grammy winners all share their best stories never before told in any other media outlets on Detroit is Different. Visit DetroitIsDifferent.com or download the Detroit is Different app on Apple's App Store or Google's Play Store.